Hello and welcome to Project 99. It is March 21st, 2021. Please ignore the sirens in the background if you can hear them. <laughs> There's always sirens around here. Yeah, my friend actually just told me, um, she doesn't live on the island, but um, she lives in Wheeling. She told me that at like 3 o'clock in the morning or something, some super bloody guy, I mean just completely covered in blood, was beating on her door and she had to call the cops nice. and I'm like... Where do we live? Is this like a fucking... <laughs> we're like actually in a horror movie. What's really weird too is if you drive through the area where we live at, <clears throat> there's like a mixture, like a lot of kind of ghetto places. Like there's like nice houses and then complete falling down trap houses like <laughs> right across the street. <laughs> so it's like, you know, there's like one corner where we're like, we send pictures of people in our yard and we're like, yeah, this is where we live. And it's like, oh, that doesn't look that bad. But it's like, yeah, but you see just around the corner. <laughs> but you know it is what it is but yeah you can't keep uh can't keep all the white trash out i mean <laughs> we are the white trash no no nah, nah, we're not though we have uh all of the good things about white trash like cheap taste yeah and uh friendliness we, and to we, your neighbor and we know we don't think we're better than anybody else. no absolutely not but there's a lot of white but trash, white trash they are better than other people so. white trash in this area has transformed <laughs> into like those people that are shooting up in the alley behind your house yeah <laughs> it's like yeah bro can you do that somewhere else? Yeah, I'm not that kind of <laughs> trash. I'm not, no. Okay. Yeah, no. But it was when I was a kid, people used to always, we used to always say that, that we were all white trash because we like ate fucking spam and shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And now like, nah, that's not what white trash means anymore. White trash yeah. now is like stealing a spoon from your grandma's house and running to your neighbor's back alley to shoot up. Like, please stop. <laughs> please yeah. stop. No. It's kind of like when you're raised poor but like you're taught that there are better things like so like yeah so like your dad was incensed one time because i was feeding you ramen noodles and it was like around dinner time and he was like that is not dinner <laughs> just like calm yeah, down <laughs> Chill i'm out. not feeding the kids ramen noodle for dinner but <laughs> well i'm pretty sure you've been feeding us <laughs> sweet tea since we had i mean you're putting that shit in bottles for us so i mean <laughs> we are the white trash but no yeah, no, I feel like moving to the city, the white trash that we see here is mostly just um, drug addicts, unfortunately, which I make jokes about, but in all actuality, I feel really bad for Was that a plane? No, that is, Joey makes fun of me too, because I can detect any sound and know what it is, and he always like thinks that I'm lying, and then he looks out the window, and it is what it is. That's the United Dairy Truck going to the school. What? Yes. It's the United Dairy it Truck. Sounds like a plane. It's not just any truck. Now, I know, I know exactly 5.30 every morning, they open the dumpster across there at the school. Oh, gosh, it's so loud. When <laughs> they slam the lid, it literally is the most ridiculous. <laughs> and I live down the street from Like a her. fucking shell shock. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> what? Dumpster was, that, was that a bomb? Oh, no, it's 5.30. It's just, <laughs> it's like so loud. Uh, yeah, that's funny, though. When me and Drew, uh, my best friend, used to always make this joke, which actually got me banned from Facebook um, because um, my partner made fun of me one time that I was buying bologna and he was like, Ew, that's so gross. Like you are, you, you're trash. That's gross. <laughs> and like, so Drew and I always made the joke about that shit. Cause people make fun of us for the like poor people stuff that we do still. And she said, white trash don't change. So yeah. we say that all the time, but I put, I said that on Facebook one time and I got um, post blocked for being racist. I'm oh, like, wow. what? Like I read the stuff my mom puts on there sometimes. Um, and I'm just like, how does that get you banned? Because there's some serious racist shit on Facebook. Oh, dude, my inbox is full of, like, death threats and people calling me, like, words that I can't even say on our podcast. I mean, I curse like a sailor, but I, like, won't even repeat that shit. And um, 
they don't get banned. <laughs> but I said white trash don't change. Talking about my fucking self. Wow, buy your spout yourself. <laughs> I know Twitter banned me one time because, um, you know, Trump did something and basically it was against his own like peeps. And I think it had to do with the with the virus. And I was like, so Trump is basically telling you to go kill yourself. And it was like not, it was actually wasn't my tweet. Yeah, you can't even, I you retweeted, can't even say. I retweeted that somebody else tweeted that. And it was like, remove this tweet or you will not be out of Twitter jail. And I was like, what? And they were like encouraging self-harm. Yeah. Like, seriously. like That's algorithms picking that shit yeah, up. Yeah, their AI needs some improvement. But, um, but anyway, um, rambling. Yeah. What topics do we have for today? So for local news, we got our cheesy Republicans downstate um, appealing to Joe Manchin's, um, you know, less Democratic side, I guess his twinge of Republicanism, to vote against H.R. 1, which is so sad. So, but what else do you expect? Um, so hopefully he will maintain his sense of... <sighs> Dignity. I mean, I'd, I'd like to I say dignity, but I, I don't. I wanted to use dignity, but I'm like, it's not <laughs> about. It's just do, just do the right thing. Just let people fucking vote, okay? So, and also on that topic, nationwide news is tomorrow in Congress are going to be talking about D.C. statehood. Ooh. And that's a heavy topic. Of course, Republicans don't want it because D.C. is an extremely liberal area, lots of Democrats, and they know that if they get two senators, they will most likely be both Democrats. And I think it'd be a fabu time to bring up Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Yeah, I would again. say that too. Puerto Rico should absolutely yeah. be considered because a you state. know once we, if we make them a state, there's nothing. They're not going to revoke their statehood. You know what I mean? Like when Republicans take power again, they're not going to revoke somebody's statehood. Right. So I say, like, do it, man. The Democrats got one shot. One shot. One opportunity. That's right. I to seize everything you ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if biden don't get it right it's gonna be like spaghetti on a sweater you know what i'm saying <laughs> biden better get that shit together he better do some real stuff for the american people or he's gonna be he's gonna be fa- why are you laughing because your mom should know an eminem song <laughs> i like that. i love the meme of that song <laughs> it's just like this really disturbing dog throwing up spaghetti oh yeah <laughs> it's just like spaghetti 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 <laughs> Okay, okay. So that's our local and national (laughs) news. Um, And international news, like not a blip about Yemen again for like a week on CNN. It's depressing. At least I haven't seen it. I don't watch CNN 24-7, but like I haven't seen, you know, that all they've been talking about is anti-Asian violence, which is an important subject. And I do credit them for talking about it. But at the same time, like spread yourself around little CNN. You know what I mean? I haven't read into a lot of that either, which is straight up shameful because it's been all over the news i've kind of just been like uh to be quite honest it's spring break and i have not i've just been isolating myself and playing minecraft 24 7 that's good because my life's kind of a shit show right now so yeah it's like it's free therapy um but But i I saw something about it and um correct me if i'm wrong but there were some people saying that uh we should be talking about not only violence against Asians, but violence against sex workers because these women were... Um... No, they were not sex workers. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, like, yeah. I know they mentioned something about a massage parlor, but I'm like, that doesn't necessarily mean well, anything. Well, no, and I think what happened was, um, okay, so the perpetrator went to several different uh, massage parlors, all of them Asian, and he killed, like, I think eight people, and um, I think six of them, six of the eight people were Asian women. So they're like, okay, this was a hate crime against Asians. 
and there's a big fight about whether it was a hate crime because they said to declare it legally to say it's a hate crime you have to have you know actual um, declarative statements by the killer that that was their motive that it was based on race he's claiming that he told the police that he has a sex addiction and that these places were too much of a temptation for him and he was having a really bad day and just decided to remove the temptation by going in and shooting up these places now the ex-husband of one of the women who was killed said that there were people who came into her shop from time to time who wanted sex and expected sex and she threw them out. So, so, but do you think this guy, I mean, do you think his motivation was specifically because they were Asian or because he expected them to be sex workers and they refused? Uh, I think a combination of both because I think there's a perception that, you know, Asian women, for one, are submissive sexually. That's a perpetuated stereotype. Yeah, which this just goes back to the conversation that making jokes like, you know, people like sexist jokes like that yeah. about massage parlors, right. while may, they may seem harmless, like yeah. leads to this shit. Yeah, so. there might there might be some massage parlors that, you know, extend services to into sexual. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. I've never been to a massage parlor, but I'm saying apparently in his mind, that's what he was thinking they were. Um, but honestly, I don't give a shit what was in his mind and I don't give a shit what his reasoning was. You know, he, he murdered people and, um, I just think it's sad that, you know, the, the, the officer that went on at the prey gave a press conference, you know, he's taken a lot of heat because he, he basically said, well, he's not saying it was racially motivated. He's saying that, you know, he has a sex addiction and he was having a really bad day and everybody's like, what the, f what, what are you? It's almost like his tone towards the killer was like, well, you got to feel for this guy. Like he, did, you know what I'm saying? He didn't say that, but I could see why people were so mad at this officer. Now, maybe his tone just came out wrong. Maybe he was speaking to the media thinking, I'm relaying this message to them as the killer related to me, right? Because the killer would say it like that. The killer would say it with sympathy for himself, right? I don't know. Just looking at a picture of this guy, I'm like, you know absolutely this this must have been motivated in some way i mean you're not going to convince me that racism involved or why i mean well why? he went to three different massage parlors That's whether what they're saying. only asian places that do massages i like i said i don't know i'm not a i don't frequent massage parlors but there's one here in the area and I'm, i've never been to it but i i've seen their webpage and i've seen some of the people that work there and they're, they don't seem asian so i'm sure there's non-asian massage parlors i i just feel like okay let's say it was regardless over. i feel like not to say a bigger issue obviously his motive is really important and even if it wasn't specifically because they were asian there has been an uptick in violence against asians that right, should be right looked so, at. Yes. but if he targeted them specifically just for being women that wouldn't give it to him well um, that that's another thing that was brought up because that hate crime to me it's women, that, right? that's what it seems like to me i mean argue all day if it's hate crime just do whatever the conviction's going to get it was clearly right. a hate crime against women there's no way you can right. argue that one way or yeah. another yeah i mean looking at this guy though incel 100 percent. look at this fucking douche yeah <laughs> unbelievable and, and anyways, 21 years old and too. like i said you know i understand that that officer may have been trying to say like this is why the person what the person told us why they did it but why do we so are we going to let the murderers now determine whether their reason was a hate crime or not? Right. What the fuck cares what this guy says? <laughs> Who gives a shit about him right now? You know, and honestly, like, I'm against the death penalty only because I know how many people have been railroaded into the death penalty who literally were fucking innocent. But this guy, 
I, I don't care. Put yeah, a bullet like, in it. I'm 100% like, a supporter of the death penalty in circumstances where there is irrefutable yes. evidence. Like, if we have this guy on tape shooting eight people, what what is the fucking problem? The only other argument for that, which I think is bullshit, is that they say it's so expensive because the drugs that they use to uh, kill people with are patented by companies who charge an ass load for them. And I'm like, okay. So this is the thing we care about not spending money on? I mean... Legs I just cheap. feel like uh, as much fucked up shit as America does to people every single day, why are we not just confiscating this shit and being like, nope, you can't make profit on this. This is the American government's now. Like, we do this shit all the time. Why so, do why we only don't do it to corporations? <laughs> like, right. what the fuck? So there's a medication that my mom might need that I found out is $11,000 a month. And um, I think her insurance will cover it, but um, I don't know if it will or not. You know, and uh, she's in the hospital right now. And needs a test, which was supposed to be scheduled for her to go and get. And she told me today that she won't get the test because even though she has to go to the hospital to get the test, because she's an inpatient there, the insurance won't cover it while she's actually in the hospital. And I'm like, are you? Our healthcare system is just shattered into a million useless pieces at this point. Yeah, I feel like I'm, it's a big topic for me. I feel like number one issue for me when voting on anything or supporting any candidate is healthcare. That's that's number one for me um, because I just believe it is the core foundation of, I mean, any society. Period. Mm-hmm. You people can't do anything. I mean, the 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 argument "pull yourself up by the bootstraps" can't even be argued if all of your people are sick and can't get medicine. Right. I mean, there's just nothing if you don't have a healthy society. So that's always my number one issue. It's like Maslow's Pyramid. You know, they want to... Pr- right, hierarchy want- of needs, dude. You got to be healthy. Um, but I, I, I feel like I'm, I, I've always railroaded against, you know, um, privatized healthcare and healthcare for profit and this and that. But more recently, I feel like I feel like people around me think that I'm only harping on it now because I'm probably looking at a situation where I can either um, live with zero money or have health insurance that's shitty. And I'm kind of like debating that back and forth, which I mean, I guess at least I have the option to debate it. You know, some people just, they're just like, no, the money's just not there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess at least I'm thankful for the option. Um, But it is going to leave me pretty fucking penniless if Mm -hmm. I go with that option. Um, So I've just been screaming extra hard about it. But through all of my interest in politics, that's that's gotta be the number one thing, I think. And I think... um, that's really what started my interest in politics to begin with, because it's like it doesn't take a rocket scientist. It does, I mean, anybody to, to see somebody you care about, which in West Virginia, um, basically everybody I care about, you know, has problems with their health insurance or can't get health insurance or mm-hmm. doesn't cover enough or. Um, and here's what's just crazy. the first thing for me, man. My mom has three forms of health insurance, three different forms of health insurance and one of which is va health insurance isn't it yeah my dad has va insurance so that's pretty disgusting and then she has medicare and then she has some other third insurance i can't remember what it is but yeah so i'm like well give me the number because i want them to explain to me why a test you have to go to the hospital to get you can't get while you're an inpatient there like that's not that it's literally doesn't make any sense but so yeah that's um, pretty awful it's pretty awful so this week we're going to talk about immigration um, because, I mean, obviously it's been all over the news because of the situation at the border. And um, I think there's like a lot of, you know, myths about immigration. And, you know, they've been so perpetually repeated over and over and over again that, you know, 
I, t- I tend to try to keep up on some things, but this is one area where I will admit that I w- had a complete gaping hole of ignorance about it. And in 2016, I remember um, having a conversation with somebody on Facebook. Um, this was like shortly before I deleted it. And, um, you know, I told them like, I'm, no, I'm not against immigrants, but I do understand there should be a legal process, you know, for people to go through to become legal, legal, you know, citizens. And um, I just think you, if there's a rule that you should just follow the rules, you know, like I do a lot of genealogical research and, you know, I've gone back and traced records of my family and try to find out like when they came into the country and whatnot. And so, you know, I see on the records where they list, you know, your place of birth and all these different things. And you can look up people's naturalization papers and, and things like that. So I, I'm just like, I really was so ignorant as to not understand that um, when people came into the country at different periods in history, the laws were completely different. So when you hear people say, well, do it like my ancestors did the legal way, that is total, utter bullshit. It's total bullshit because the the immigration laws have flip-flopped all over the place. Has to say they think they're just exactly the same? I mean... Well, I mean, because you basically think, okay, well, we, we fought the war with the British, right? We became a country. And obviously, there was already people here in the country. So people that came here as British citizens, right, to the British colonies, they were already here legally. Then we fought a revolution and became a country. So immediately, as soon as we became a country, right, those people that were in the country were now like American citizens. So, and everybody that they had, you know, since they had kids from that time, that was seven, you know, 1776. So like people think, well, you know, I don't know how many people today think that their relatives were part of the British colonies. Maybe they were. Um, But a lot of people's parents came over, you know, in the 1800s. Like we have lots of records of that. And the, the immigration laws were like vastly different. And I think people always forget in those times, too, which, funny enough, playing the video game Red Dead Redemption, which is a lot about the, uh, like, Wild West, mm-hmm. and um, the same time that I was playing that game, I was taking a history class that was, like, 1850-something to 2001. I don't know. It was, like, huge, but we, like, were focusing on this Western stuff, and I'm like, so, like, I don't, how do people, th- what a crazy time of people coming to this yes. country, and mm-hmm. it's like, do do people who preach that shit now think that their their ancestors have just like always been here? Well, one like, lady, well one lady, and this is why I do encourage people to have debates about things that they disagree about because, you know, if you're willing to accept that you could be totally stupid, which sometimes I guarantee you you are, um another person can set you straight. And this lady told me that her family came down from Canada. And they came into the country, and if you remember, okay, there was the 13 colonies right along the eastern seaboard there that became the United States, but, like, the middle of the country was, like, not America. Mm-hmm, right, yeah, that's that's the, the crazy part about Right, so, like, I knew was. that. Like, if you stopped, would have stopped me and said, well, you do know right. that, like, the middle part of the country was, like, not America. It was occupied by the French. I'd be like, yeah, I know that. So, like, her family came down from Canada into the French part of the country and lived there and were, you know, so America was America, but then her ancestors were living there, and then we took over. We, we bought, you know, Louisiana Purchase. We did that, and we bought things. From, we bought Florida from Spain. Like, we, we expanded 
to areas where people were already fucking living there. We made them American citizens by taking the land they were already living on. Yeah, we, I mean, we made our own country, but deep down we were still British, so. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like when we... Had to keep expanding. When we signed a treaty with Mexico, because we fought the Mexican-American War, when we signed a treaty with Mexico, obviously, <laughs> the area that had been Mexico, which included California, like Nevada, Arizona, like a huge part of like what's now Texas, like this huge chunk going all the way up. Like Texas was like a little tiny state. And like when we signed the treaty with... Mexico, all the Mexicans living there became like um, they were like in, on American soil now. So we were kind of like, well, we're not going to kick them out and they can stay here. Um, and if they decide they want to go back to Mexico, go to the what's now Mexico, they're free to do that with all their property and everything. And we, they can be here legally, but we'll talk about them being citizens later. Which is interesting. So they didn't actually just automatically become citizens. But, you know, when you look at immigration, you know, there there was immigrant, there's immigration and, and then naturalization, like becoming a citizen, right? And, and so the two things serve diametrically opposed purposes. Immigration, when people come here, okay, the perception is, well, they're coming here because why? They want a better life, right? Why do you go anywhere? Why would you emigrate anyway? You want a better life. So you're looking to get something, maybe a job, maybe some land, start a business, whatever. When you're an immigrant, you're looking to get something out of coming here. So, but when you are granted citizenship, you know, People who live here who are citizens think you're taking something because now you're getting additional rights under the Constitution that only they have. So when you look at the history of immigration and naturalization, there's kind of this waffling back and forth to where they wanted immigrants because why? Cheap labor. Same reason a lot of people still want illegal immigrants to be to remain illegal, I would be more than happy if they all became citizens right now. Sign, give me a piece of paper. If it was me, I'd say every person in the country right now, go to go to your courthouse and I will sign a paper. You're now a citizen of the United States of America. Like we could do that. Their people's already here, you know. But the problem is, if we make them citizens, what, we have to give them something, which is their fucking rights. So when you go back and look at like. 1790 okay so we fought the war with the british and then you know when we were like oh revolutionary war we won da 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 we became a country yeehaw we're america but like shit wasn't all calm after the revolutionary war let's not forget that the revolutionaries started out you know secretly organizing and going in and starting to take office seats here and there <clears throat> and talk about america you know, becoming its own country and shit. Like, and unlike any other war that Europeans fought, this was like, you didn't know who the enemy was. You know what I mean? Like your brother, the, your brother uh, Bob down the street, you know, he might be a loyalist to the British and you might not even know it. So he looks just like you and he has the same customs as you, but, but maybe he just thinks that we should still be under the crown and you think you're a rebel. You think we shouldn't. So it was like kind of one of those first wars where it was like there was 
all these spies. And there were, if you read about that time period, it was, it was pretty crazy. It's kind of like what's going on now. Only, you know, if you're a Republican, we pretty much know <laughs> what side you're on if you're a Republican or a Democrat. But, but back then it was like, you didn't know. Um, so one of the first things they did um, in 1790 was establish these rules for citizenship. And they were really concerned about people coming here and having citizenship who might be loyal to the crown. So that was their first concern. Um, and then in 1795, they actually made the length um, that you had to live here before you became a citizen even longer. So they wanted to make sure that you were here and you accepted that America was actually its, its own country and that you got the gist before they were willing to like grant you, you know, citizenship. And then like in 1798, um, they extended it even further. So now you had to be here for 14 years <laughs> to become a citizen. Um, but it was, that was repealed in 1802. But like the whole goal of that was like, they really just wanted to make sure that people who came here didn't present any kind of, uh, you know, danger. Like it was like a homeland security thing. Like we got to make sure everybody is like cool with us being America. Which is fucking whack that people still use that argument to this day when we goddamn know better that like our biggest threat is like domestic terrorists and they're usually white men. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. Y'all still arguing that? Like, we know that's not shit's not true, so. Yeah. So, and then in 1802, um, they repealed this 14-year residency requirement um, that was the, of the, of, 19, of the 1798 law. So they repealed that. And, you know, as the rise of industrialism came about, well, wait, let me not jump ahead of that. So slavery was the first issue because, you know, the Southern states obviously needed or wanted, I shouldn't say needed, but they wanted free labor. And indentured servitude, which was, you know, done even when the British colonies, people wanted to come here, so they signed themselves into servitude for the cost of their transport here, and they would work for a year or two for their, uh, you know, whoever their landowner was, and then they would be granted their freedom because they'd paid their debt. But then at some point, the landowner started to realize that less and less people were coming here, and so they started to do things like punish their um, indentured servants with longer sentences. Like they would say, well, you know, you committed this violation. So now you have to stay under my servitude longer. And then there was a rebellion over that and stuff. So the indentured servitude thing wasn't really working out. So that's when they started importing slaves. And um, obviously, you know, as slavery become less and less popular, there was like this idea, there was like this feeling of desperation among the Southern states. And they were literally doing every single possible thing they could do to try and keep free labor. So, you know, whenever a state was going to be made a state, they were fighting that that state had to be a slave state. Because if the balance of power tipped, okay, and there was more states that believed in freedom than in slavery, then the, the sheer vote would just, they would just vote out. And that's how most people thought slavery would end. They, they thought that eventually, you know, there would be enough people just would just vote and say, no, we don't want slavery. And that's how it would end. They didn't think it would end in a war. But the southern states did all this manipulation to try and, uh, you know, maintain the, 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 the slavery. 
And when it finally led to a civil war and they lost, um, then they were looking for cheap labor. <laughs> now they couldn't have free labor. So they're looking for cheap labor. So, um, but, but before that, one of the things that they were afraid of was that the northern states, you know, who had, who had said, okay, we're going to be free states, and you guys down there, you got your slavery before the Civil War. They were afraid that the northern states would allow free blacks to immigrate to the United States, and they would be, you know, get citizenship and, and, and vote, and that they would add to the pool of people voting against slavery. So that was one of the first things they did, but they called it the importation because at that time, you know, the black, black people didn't have any rights um, as when, when slavery was going on. So they would say, like, they called it importing, you know, free blacks. And, and they made all these restrictions to try to prevent that. So all of it was really based around what was good for the white guy, obviously, right? Um, and then after, after the Civil War, when, uh, you know, the slaves were emancipated, then the issue of... Um, them getting the right to vote came up and that was another uh you know big controversy because they're like well they're free but we can't let them have the right to vote and it's just shameful that the whole every single time a law was enacted based on uh you know a law of immigration it was just based on whether the labor was needed or not so the chinese uh were the next group that suffered uh discriminatory immigration and there was actually a lot of anti-chinese <clears throat> laws that were passed um so in 1875 now this was the first federal immigration law that that prohibited the entry of immigrants that were considered undesirable which is hilariously a such a generic term that you could put anybody in that right um and it said that a desirable individual from Asia who was coming to America um, had to be a, a contract labor, laborer. So the reason was um, they, wanted, they wanted cheap labor, but there was a lot of activity going on at that time of people saying, well, you know, we don't want the freed slaves are already competing with us for jobs. And we don't want these Chinese competing with jobs, too, um, especially if they're if they're coming over here and basically if you bring one in, right, you get, you get their free labor for the, for a couple of years, just for the cost of bringing them here. So then what's going to happen? You know, you're going to get free labor and then you won't need, won't need other workers. So it was all about the competition, just like now how they exacerbate certain people exacerbate the situation of jobs and blame immigrants. Like they're going to come and take your job. That shit has been going on from the beginning of our country. I saw this TikTok of a guy who was, I think, Indian, um, and he's like here. He he came to this country, and he's a, he's a fucking doctor. <laughs> he was like telling this story about how someone uh, made some ignorant comment to him about go, you know go back to where you came from or like you know you're you're over here taking our fucking jobs, and he's like, yes, you know. <laughs> Jim John from Trailer Park B. I came here and took your job. I'm a fucking doctor. Like, where where's your doctor, you piece of shit? And I'm just like, yeah, dude, seriously. Like, thank God we have people, you know, migrating to this country because most of the doctors that I meet that are worth half a fucking damn are people that weren't born here. Mm -hmm. I mean, thank fucking God. <laughs> we probably have a major shortage of doctors. 
Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like whenever it was considered progress, when it, like when they were building the railroads, right? They wanted Chinese workers to be, to be allowed to come into the country to build the railroads. Right. Yeah. You know, but then when whenever um so like in 1890, what they did, and I and I think I might have stumbled upon a new conspiracy theory, Duke, that you'll have to help ha- have to help me run this down. So, one of the laws that they passed in 1890 was to they didn't want Asians in the country anymore because you know they they decided well let's just you know that we really want to restrict Asians now so what they did was they took the 1890 census and they looked at how much a percentage was already in the country and they said whatever percentage is there you can only however many people were in the country you can only have two percent of that same amount of people immigrate from that same area which obviously most of the people here were from Western Europe, right? So because white people from Europe were disproportionately represented in the 1890 census, they got to have a bunch of more immigrants come from their countries. It was like the reverse of trying to be a melting pot. It's like, well, look, we've already got a bunch of white sugar. It's all that purity bullshit, yeah. And we don't, you know, we got this much brown sugar, so let's just, we just want to mostly keep it white. Like... It's, it's, it was just... I don't understand the logic. I mean, I guess back then, just be plain, basically because they were just fucking racist, but when people make those same arguments now, I'm just like, are you really that afraid that things are going to change? Like, we just have so many resources now in our day and age to, like, learn about history and see how much our country has changed and how many different cultures have impacted us and this and that and the other, and it's like... Why are you so dead set? Like you, you really, you just got to put a stake in it right now. Like your time, your culture, whatever it is, right now, mm-hmm. got to fucking stay forever mm-hmm. at the expense of any other life. Like mm-hmm. it makes no sense to me. Like dude, things move on, things morph, things change. Like well, imagine, yeah. imagine denying citizenship to people who are trying to find a better life here because you need to hold on to something that you are never going to be able to hold on to anyway. I mean, insanity. Right. And if you look at propaganda, if you look at racist propaganda in the United States of America, what you find is that at times, whatever the, whatever the largest wave of immigrants that was coming into the country at that particular time, that is the, the race of people that was demonized the most. So like when the Irish came over, um, you know, the, the potato famine in Ireland lasted for, for five years. And um, as it got worse and worse, like more people were starving and dying. So you saw this influx of people coming here and it skyrocketed because people were so desperate, literally starving to death to leave Ireland. And, um, you know, so for, for a while, the Irish became a very demonized group of people because they were seen as like, taking over the country you know when you see fox news talking about the caravans of mexicans coming up all these caravans of mexicans you hear people like tucker carlson and and fucking laura ingram say they're changing the culture which is is a a euphemism for we're getting browner by the minute um and the the irish were feared for two reasons for one because they were seen as a different race by uh europeans um they were called Hibernians. They were like um, depicted a lot of time as having pig-like faces. So when you see like 
the anti-Irish propaganda and you look at them, it's like a pig face. The same way they try to make African-Americans look like monkeys. Like that same kind of dehumanizing thing was done with, with Irish people during that time period because they were just, I think fear is obviously a big driver of racism. And so they were feared just because there were so many of them. What's going to happen when all of these Irish people like overwhelm the country and there's more Irish people than anybody else, then what's going to happen, you know? And another thing, they were Catholics. A lot of, most of them were Catholics. So there's always been this fear that if you're Catholic, you take your orders really from the Pope and not from the president or the king of the country. And that's an old thing. That goes way back to me, think how long, think how long the Vatican's been like forever. So even in like European countries before people came here, like if you were Catholic, the fear was that you were like an insurgency within the country that if the Pope says rise up, you're going to rise up against the monarch or whatever. So they, the Irish had that coming here. But anyway, um, sorry, I went off on a tangent about that. But like there was a big, uh, what, whatever group of immigrants was coming was the one that was most persecuted. And so the Chinese um, came a lot mostly into California because that's, you know, the direction that they came from. And uh, <clears throat> there was a big railroad boom out there. And that's, that's what inspir- inspired a lot of them to come over. But then once they got here, you know, and they served their purpose, it was like, well, now we can start, um, like, we, we don't want Asians anymore. We got enough Asians. We don't want any more Asians. But this 1890 census, the reason I said about the conspiracy theory was they passed that law saying that you could only have the same percentage, 2% of whatever number was on that census. That's the one census that got burned up in a fire. So when you go on Ancestry and you try to research like your the movements of your ancestors from town to town or whatever, um, there there was a census every 10 years. And I always kept wondering, like, why is there no information from 1890? Like, there's 1880 census and there's 1900 census. What the hell? Where, why can't I find anything on the 18? Where the hell were they in 1890? Did they go to Mars or something? <laughs> and it was because it was burned up in a fire. So maybe somebody like that was pro-immigrant was like, you know what? Fuck this sense. I'm going to set this shit on fire. Then what are they going to do? Then how are they going to count these people up? But I was trying to find this post I saw on Instagram the other day, but um, it was posted as a story. So when I reshared it, it's um, it, like they disappear after 24 hours or whatever. But I should have screenshotted it and saved it because it had a lot of like really good stories that had the, the um, sources cited for them. And I always like when people do that. But it was talking a lot about violence against Asians, specifically um, sexual violence. And in the Vietnam War, how that was so normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have different accounts of women who survived assaults over over there, Vietnamese women, um, especially South Vietnamese women and and soldiers who told stories and we're not even shameful about it we're just like well they owed us and like they there was one soldier who told a story about how all the other soldiers were pissed off that this guy wasn't very welcoming to them you know basically even after they raped his daughter in front of him that he should have basically just handed her over like a gift because we're here protecting you and like this, this guy who was a soldier just genuinely did not think that what he was saying that there was any problem with that i mean just a hundred percent dehumanized mm-hmm. those women, mm-hmm. and I mean, some of the stories were just—they were just sickening, and there were so many of them. And not—that's the disgusting part about it was—is not just from victims or people who, 
who saw it happen, but actual sh- soldiers that just didn't see a problem with what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what time were these like confession things? Fi- like, what what year were they filmed? Would you say based on looking at them? They weren't. Um, they were excerpts from articles, like interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sometime shortly after the Vietnam War. Right. Ended. So it was it was during the time. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of yeah. course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think any. I I don't think. Not that I don't think in a group of their peers that they would still reminisce about those types of things in this day and age, but they wouldn't do an interview with it, I think. I think most people are smarter uh, to know that the culture has adjusted. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, when they came back, they were just like, yeah, so what? Like, we pillage and we rape. It was war. Who cares? And I'm like, that's pretty disgusting. I mean, this guy, the other one of the other guys that they interviewed, too, um, would just blatantly was just like, oh, yeah, I mean, no problem. And they were talking about raping this like 11 year old girl oh who, who then ended up dying. And then the sister of the girl um, got justice for them in court later on. Wow. But um, yeah, the guy just fucking admitted it. No problem. No guilt. Felt nothing about it. And just like we let those people come back here. Well, you know, and like, yeah, that was just the Vietnam War. Those some a lot of those fucking people who did that shit are still alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, holy shit, dude. Yeah, I mean. When I first heard about the My Lai Massacre, um, I was literally, it, it's like the first time that you learn about the, the atrocities of the Holocaust. You know, when you when you read about My Lai or you watch a documentary on it, you're just so, um, like, you, you just, if you're a human being, you're probably crying your eyes out because you're like, this is so fucking horrible. And then you see news media of the day where there were people in the streets like, um, praising the soldiers and saying like we we were wrong to persecute them for doing that and um i don't know it's just like you you just think i guess it just goes to show the the actual successfulness of a good propaganda campaign because you know when people's minds are conditioned in a certain way to where that's acceptable right and then 20 years down the road when people aren't talking about it anymore and it's not something that's discussed or whatever. And then, you know, someone like me or you like watches a documentary on it. We're like, what the fuck? Like how, what, how, how are these people able to rationalize, like to, to actually go out there and be in support of a human being who did that to other human beings? Like, well, I understand war, but like, you know, raping or shooting a baby in the head like that's not fucking part of any war that we should be fighting like i'm sorry i i don't there's there's humanity i I, so but but i think that it was it's because when we when we go up into a war there's all of this conditioning that happens to the public to basically get you ready to go to war and once that all is over with and it's it's years in the past then you look at it and you go i don't understand like, how did the people have that viewpoint, you know? And I'm sure there's things that are happening today that we're in the midst of that we can't step back from it. But I just think it's getting a lot harder to convince human beings that things are acceptable. You still got that group of people that's just hardcore, you know, racist. They're afraid of everything. They're afraid of everything that's not like them. And so they react out of fear. You're always going to have, like, I guess that small percentage of the population. But, you know, when George Floyd was murdered, I heard people that I know that that I feel like they have racism in them and they don't know it. <laughs> like, they have a lot of huge amount of bias and shit that were just like, that shit was just wrong. You know what I mean? But 
those same people, because they watch conservative news media, have been already, you know, their minds have already been squished around by that propaganda to where now they just, that now they think Chauvin's okay. That's what I'm saying. When you have a visceral reaction to seeing someone be murdered or, or something horrible happen to someone, you have a visceral human reaction that tells you that shit is wrong. But then you're able to watch propaganda that rationalizes it and tells you that it's fine. You should be, you should not watch that shit. You know what I mean? Not even just that though, but there are those people that see that shit and they're just not negatively affected. And even worse than that, some of them celebrate that shit. No, but I get that. I get the people that are just hardcore racist because there's something broken in their brain where they have, they're afraid of everything and they have to destroy anything that's not like them. Yeah, but I I don't know. I mean, maybe just because I'm like a fucking ridiculous empath. I don't know. But what just, about the I people who imagine. said it was wrong and then because they're because they go back and they watch the same shit day in and day out like my parents do, they start to think Well then they don't really see it as wrong. I think that's just a projection of well, this is what other people want me to think is wrong. So I'm gonna say that I also think it's wrong. No, I think there's there's two reactions to that. Either you genuinely don't give a shit or you are you are shaken by it. There are two reactions. But that's what I'm I saying. Think the, I think no, people I think who were even indoctrinated by Fox News saw that and were like that is fucked up no, i don't think they were murder i don't think they were i don't think they were truly shaken by it so they said it and didn't mean it yes absolutely i think so i think that they are just playing into a role in society that they think well this is the right thing to do so they've trained themselves but subconsciously mm. i don't think they really give a fuck about anybody but themselves i don't know i mean i, I just think there, there's two reactions to that either you are your humanity is shaken to its core or it isn't there's well, nothing I, I mean that's like saying that you can show somebody a fucking war crime to their face. You know, a torturing a baby or something, and then that later that someone's going to have the opportunity to rationalize that for them. No, that either shakes your humanity or it doesn't. That, it's just it. It's just that simple. I think otherwise, they just don't care. I mean, they just don't. I don't know. I think, I think that a lot of people in the Vietnam War happened and they saw things like that, and it, it did change their mind. I think that they believed in you know, the cause of other wars that the United States had fought, but they saw that and they said, this is just, this is not the kind of Oh, for sure, because their humanity was shaken. That's when the country, like, split in half. For sure. You know what I mean? But I'm saying, those people that saw that shit in the Vietnam War and their their core was shaken, there was no amount of explaining the government was going to do to those people later that was going to make them think it was okay. Once they saw it and they were shaken, you weren't weren't getting them back. Mm -hmm. So I think the same thing with the George Floyd incident. People who watched that and weren't just gut-wrenched over it, I mean, or, or they acted like they were, and then later Fox News told them it was okay, so now they rationalize it as okay. They weren't really bothered by it. They weren't. I don't know, man. I think they're just mob mentality, and they see other people saying it's awful, and then so they say it's awful, but then once mob mentality switches to no, it's actually not awful, then they just follow that. I think they're I mean, superficial. People are, people are led. People are led by different things, but I really feel like, and I can only speak on the few people that I know that are, you know, hardcore conservatives, but... When they sit there and they when they were they were devotees of Fox News before the George Floyd thing. I don't even know how they the, what the first coverage of the George Floyd incident on Fox News was. Whether it was you know, I don't know what their coverage was like. All I know is that my parents, who are Fox News right wing, like they've now left Fox News for Newsmax. Yes, those people. That's that's who my parents are, and you know. However, it was that they come to see the George Floyd thing. They were they they were like that was just murder. That guy needs to go to jail. Yeah, 
But somehow, as Fox News continued to cover it, and other, and other people come on there and said, well, you didn't see the whole video, and you don't know everything. This guy's a criminal, and he's a, you know, he's, he's, he was on drugs at the time. The drugs really killed him. It wasn't even the cop. And they sit there, and they're inundated with that nonsense all fucking day. And it does convince them that they were led astray and that he wasn't really murdered by this cop. It's like... Well, then, man, that's a that's a level of brainwashing. I mean, it is. Again, I just, maybe again, because I'm a super... Um, what's the word someone used it and i was like oh that's much nicer than calling myself a crybaby bitch which is what i always say um tender i'm a tender human being mm-hmm. but there is like nothing man if you if i see some brutal shit like that there's just no amount of it's almost like and maybe other people don't get this but like my brother for a while when he was on uh doing all this research about stuff that was happening in yemen mm-hmm and he was like showing me these videos and these images of these these fucking kids. Mm-hmm. That shit gives me nightmares. It does. Yeah. Nobody's mm-hmm. ever gonna explain anything. I mean, again, call me a fucking crybaby bitch, but that shit shakes me to the core. Yeah. I don't ever not see it that way. Mm-hmm. So I just think, I mean, again, maybe that is just because stuff gets to me on a more personal level, and other people it doesn't. They just look at it like, a, is this a right or is this a wrong? But I see that shit, and I'm like questioning humanity. You know what I mean? There's just no yeah. amount of explaining that you're going to do that's going to mm-hmm. change my mind. And I feel like I feel like if you're not like that, then you're you're just. Well, I think, too, you know, people have like this trust meter. You know, a lot of what you believe in is based, you know, you grow up and your parents are the first influence that you have. So they're your whole world. And when they tell you things, you believe it because you're like, well, you know, you have no reason to not believe it. And then you go out and experience the world and you're like, wait a minute, like that that shit my parents told me actually wasn't right. Like if you, if you eat, eat fish and drink milk, you'll die. It's poisonous. Some bullshit, crazy shit your family tells you like that. And you're like, you believe it. Cause like no one's ever told you anything different. And then you watch people and you're like, yeah, that's, that's, that, that was some bullshit right there. They told me. So you start to realize not everything your parents tell you is true. What age it happens out, whatever. But you know, then you have the media. And so what, what people believe in is not really based so much on evidence we found this out but what they trust who they trust well i mean i feel and like i don't trust too. anybody exactly. so when i watch cnn exactly. and i hear them say things i'm like this is obviously the angle they're working so maybe they're giving me the information but i double check i go look at other stuff you know and and i just like i can f- i can smell propaganda so like when they start using the same words over and over mm-hmm. and they start really hammering a point home and they're just they won't let go of it I'm like, this is a narrative that they're trying to push. Mm -hmm. But I can see that. But like the people, other people that watch right-wing media, it seems like they have a greater love and trust in that media source because maybe it makes them feel good about themselves. So they don't want to not believe when they're telling them utter bullshit. Yeah, but it's like people truly have a level of trust for that that wins over what they see with their own fucking eyeballs. That's the shocking part. I mean, that... I've been called crazy a lot of times, man, but if there is ever a day when I believe a source that is telling me something against what my own fucking eyeballs told me, mm-hmm. nah. I, I, mm-hmm. Maybe that's why for me, too, one of the scariest things ever for me, like, biggest fear is, like, to... Especially at this age, because, like, they say when people are mentally ill, like, lots of people live totally normal life, and then they're, like, 28 or 29, they get schizophrenia, and it just gets worse. Mm-hmm. That's, like, my worst nightmare, because I'm like, if I can't trust my own eyes or my own ears, you're doomed. You're doomed. And I'm just like, I, I can't believe people willingly do that. That you have a mind of your own and eyes and ears to witness things and formulate your own opinions, and you're going to ignore that? 
I mean, that's 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 a level of uh, I have no idea how our country is going to combat that if if uh, if people really are and, and mass is doing that. Well, I mean, it is it is terrifying. Like, that's one reason why I've taken such an interest in propaganda and, and you know, even things like word usage. Like if you learn the different um, like dialects of different belief systems, it's like you can figure out as soon as somebody starts talking, I'm like, I can tell where they got this information from because the same buzzwords are used. You know what I mean? It's like a cultural thing. It's not just and they absorb. It's not just like you're getting news from a blank, a blank slate. Like, here's here's a fact. That's not how news is anymore. It's not how any source is anymore. The, it, the source comes with wrapped in all these familial or tribal things that make you either feel comforted or make you feel repulsed. So, you know, if you turn on a, a news source you've never heard of before, but there's a bunch of patriotic waving flags and stuff, what are you going to think? Uh, it's a right wing station, right? Because that's what that's the kind of trappings they put on it. I said that the other, not long ago, after after uh, Biden took office, I said that it truly disturbed me that when I see people flying American flags on their trucks or wearing them on their hats, that those are the types of people that I'm like, I need to avoid that person mm-hmm. because they're probably X, Y, and Z. And it's like sad to think that, mm-hmm. but seriously, the flag, you're right. I mean, certain imagery and especially the flag, this whole patriotism thing has become a red flag for you know, this person is more likely to be against immigration, against health care for all Americans. They're against working rights, like all this shit that's that's humane in my mind. Mm-hmm. They're like that that person's going to be against this. So therefore, the American flag is just it's tainted for me. Well, and I think, too, that that's that's the whole point of how we got into this tribal situation, because, you know, if you make a snap judgment on what you see in another person's tribe, it ends all the discussion. And sometimes if you sit down with somebody and you just ask them questions, you know, about why they think like they think, sometimes it's really hard, but like, and then you realize like, well, actually they would agree with you on stuff, stuff, and you would agree with them on some stuff. So the whole point of all this tribalism bullshit is to get us to stop talking and immediately avoid that person who looks like a Trump supporter or whatever. And I hope that that doesn't succeed because that's a hell of a reason for us to not figure out solutions to problems. You know, there's Republicans now saying, you know, when Trump was president, all these other Republicans were all about finding solutions. Why? Because finding solutions means more votes for Republicans. That's the only reason they were motivated by it. So now Biden's in there and he comes up with something and he's like, let's work on a solution to this problem. And all the Republicans are like, nope, we don't want any solutions. We don't want any problems fixed now because that will make you look good. That is the bullshit that we're dealing with right now. Yeah, I mean, I have to say that if I come into contact with someone, like I said, with the American flag thing, even a fucking Trump hat, I'm probably most likely going to avoid that person at all costs. But if I'm forced into a situation, I'm always going to choose to be civil to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's when those conversations happen for me. But we are at a point in our country, and not just things based on the media, but just in my own experiences and dealing with the country becoming more polarized Sometimes that's that's you you ha- you have to do it because it's a mode of protection. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For the longest time, I was like, I'm not going to put anything political on my house or on my car because, in reality, I'm a five foot tall, ninety five pound woman, and the the there are there's lots of incidences of violence resulting from this shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so you know, which I mean doesn't teach me anything anyway because I'm like, no, I'm going to do this, and then I get pissed off and I'm like, no, fuck it, Black Lives Matter flag on the house, done. Mm-hmm. But um. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just, I don't blame people, especially people of color or, um, you know, people in the LGBT community to be like, oh, we have to accept these people regardless because we need to start these conversations because a lot of them probably are seriously afraid to even interact with these people because they don't know how they're going to react. I mean, I think, think of yourself as like a trans person that sees somebody wearing a MAGA hat and going mm -hmm. to a Trump rally and thinking that, I mean, you already don't know why this person hates you. There's really no logical reason for why they hate you so much. So, like, I'd be afraid to talk to them, too. Because there's already no logic there. And they already dislike you just for being alive. So, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I get I that. I just think, like, there should be, you know, and, and I'm, I, I understand what you're saying. I wouldn't say that any person of color, trans person, whatever, should put themselves in any kind of risk. But what I'm saying is, I feel like we need to have more forums where people can talk about these things. Because I think... You know, I had a conversation with my mom one time about, you know, intergenerational wealth. And, you know, like I've said before, you know, she has a lot of racial bias, uh, you know, and if, if you if you didn't know her, you, and you'd probably just say she's a racist. Um, I, I, I struggle with that because because I think that a lot of racist people don't really even understand how racist they are. So it's unintentional, especially but boomers, but it's still racist. You know what I mean? But. I was talking to her about intergenerational wealth because she's she's got all the the Reaganite dogma of, you know, well they just expect something. They play the race card. They expect something. You know, there shouldn't be quotas. They shouldn't get extra points on stuff because they're because they're because that's reverse racism. You know, all the typical fucking talking points they get thrown out there by conservative white people about why you know minorities want something for nothing, right? But, um, you know, I was talking to her about it and I said, you know, when, when veterans, when black veterans who fought for this country came back from the war, they were supposed, they didn't get all the same benefits of, you know, the white veterans. They put their life on the line the same as white veterans did. But the, you know, the, the, the thing to help you buy a house when you came back from war, the, um, the program they had for veterans to help them buy a home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, black veterans didn't get to use that. Uh, you know because there was redlining you blacks weren't allowed in certain communities and you, you it was like so anyways this one woman tracked her family and another family how that one thing affected them and because her dad bought his home for like thirty thousand dollars when he came back from the war by the time she was an adult and going to college her dad's home was worth a million dollars meanwhile Here's this other family, black family, <clears throat> that never even got to use that benefit. So it, it's, it basically set them so far back. And my mom could understand that. When I got into the details about her and I was like, so do you see how when we talk about institutional racism, just from that one example, can you see how it's not they're expecting something for nothing? What's happened is they've been set back time and time and time and time and time again. So... Giving them something now isn't giving them something for nothing. It's paying back what was stolen from them before. And she can kind of understand that. So I'm just saying, like, when you get it, like with this immigration stuff, you know, if you just go on a Wikipedia or, like, History Channel, there's, uh, you know, their website, there's a list of all the immigration laws um, and the naturalization and the citizenship laws and how the requirements changed over time. And, um, you know, you can clearly see that when there was a want by industrial companies for cheap labor, they wanted the bodies here, but they didn't, they extended the requirements for citizenship. So we basically want cheap labor, but we don't want them to be citizens. We don't want them to have any rights. 
there was a case in California where uh, a uh, a Chinese person witnessed a white man murder someone. And when it went to court, they basically had his testimony thrown out because he wasn't a citizen. <laughs> and it's like, really? You know, um, and, and, and like you, you couldn't even, ha you could even sue somebody. If somebody wronged you, you didn't have any rights under the legal system to sue another person. I mean, if you couldn't even be a witness, obviously you can't bring a case. If you're a minority, you can't bring a case against a white person. So when you stop and think about that, like all the bullshit that went on with the Jim Crow laws, like people, minority people in this country have been like used and abused and be given like no rights in return, you know? So I don't know. I just like, inst I knew there was racist stuff in our immigration policies, but the the whole fantasy that my family came here the legal way and that's how you should do it is such horseshit that I hope if you've ever said that to somebody, you will immediately go and read about immigration laws because I didn't realize that I was totally ignorant about it. And, um, you know, you might think that your relatives came here legally and maybe they didn't because maybe it was in one of those phases where, you know, your family wasn't the ones that were wanted here. And they maybe they went to like there was a period where Eastern European people like Polish Jews and, um, you know, Italians, Greeks, they weren't wanted. So what I they, mean, yeah, you wonder where uh, all these slurs came from for different types of people. I mean, there's several for Italians and mm -hmm. Asian people. And uh, I mean, did you think this you think the slurs just came from nowhere? Like, no, nah, America's taking its turn. Right. You know, hating on different. I mean, I, if you ask me just in. I mean, because people bring up that argument all the time when you try to talk about slavery or reparations or anything with people of color. They're like, oh, well, you know, the Irish were slaves. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. You know that ain't the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we ain't even talking about the same the same length of time, the, 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 the repercussions and the consequences that people are still dealing mm -hmm. with because of that. Like, shut the fuck up with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, if if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And right now, like at our immigration situation, we might be hating on, uh, you know, Mexican people. But it won't always be that way. It'll be somebody else eventually. I mean, <laughs> welcome to American history. Yeah, I almost feel like relieved when the scales finally tip over and it's not like whatever majority white we have right now is just not majority white anymore. Oh, I know, dude. I say that all the time. I honestly think our country will be better off because... I mean, like I said, if you if you look at all these different terrorist attacks and things that happen, like it's not it's not immigrant people, it's not minorities, it's not you know what I mean. We know who it is, mm -hmm. but we refuse to like act, treat it as a problem. And I'm just like, man, maybe when we're not minority white anymore, we won't fucking have this problem. Yeah, I mean, people's always gonna have grievances and stuff, but I don't know. It's just that clinging to power. It's crazy. It's only going to get, and that's the problem too. I mean, we talk about this all the time is the Republican Party gets lesser and as white people as a whole are not, uh, don't have so much of a majority over mm -hmm. minorities, it's it's a clutch because they know they're losing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a panic. So we are going to live through some times of extreme polarization, but I think we'll, I think we'll come out on the other side of it and be, be better off. Um. Oh, but I was going to say a lot of those Eastern European people, like if your family's Italian or Greek or Polish, 
there was bans on people from Eastern. So what they did, they went to Canada or Mexico because if you if you were coming from a non uh, landlocked country, so it was basically targeted right at Eastern Europeans. But if they were coming from Canada, Canada was a neighboring country. You know what I mean? Wow. So a lot of them went that route about it, just trying to get into the country a different way. So really, technically, that wasn't legal. How do you know your family didn't? And let me tell you, genealogical research is some deep shit. Now, I don't know too many people. I'm not saying you can't go on Ancestry and just click on them little leaves, people. If you think you just go on Ancestry and click on them little leaves and everything, your tree goes back to 1600, you're, you're nuts. Because the verification that it's process that it takes to make sure you're not dealing with somebody with the same name as someone in your family can make your head explode. And I just took a trip uh, uh, yesterday to Athens, Ohio, because that's where my, uh, some of my family came from. And just to see, you know, just to go back and see, like, the town where they, like, came from. Which some people, I could have just drove you to South Wheeling and done the same thing. I mean, some people don't. Yeah, some of my family are from South Wheeling. As we said, some of them came late, and some of them I think grew up out of the dirt in Virginia. I don't. It's like I can't get far enough back. But but I feel like we're only here for a short period of time. When people ask me like, "Why are you so obsessed with genealogy?" I'm like, well, you know, we're all only here for really what's a short period of time, and maybe that means something to some people. It doesn't. But I feel like knowing where my place in that time is like trying to figure out the people that came before me and not all of them was good not all of them was good people but knowing where they came from and where I'm at and where where what I see for the future you know what I mean like I just want to put it all on paper and say this is where we came from this is where we are and who knows where it'll go in the future but I hope 150 years from now, some descendant of our family looks me up in their ancestry line and finds a picture of me on the internet drinking a bottle of Jack Daniels. That'd be really fucking great. Just I'm sure you'll absurd. be one of those more colorful characters. There's like, like people shit. that you find out some colorful shit about in your family tree and you're like, dude, that's, like, that's this, some... this bitch was whack. Yeah. My great, great, great aunt was fucking clown, clown drunk. Like, <laughs> No, <laughs> actually one of your great relatives died in county lockup from alcoholism. Oh, look. Well, I mean, that's pretty common. I want some, yeah. we- I want some weird shit. Yeah. So, um. I have to like learn how to like swallow swords or something. Oh, well, I haven't run, it, run across any sword swallowers yet, but All if right. I do, uh. Records to be know. made. Yeah. <laughs> but I've not done anything with your dad's side of the family. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that one. But, uh. That's all I got. Yeah. Immigration. Don't ever tell someone, you know, people should just do it the legal way like all of our ancestors did. Also don't, can like, don't ever say melting pot because yeah, that's a bunch that of is shit. such horseshit. What a lie. We weren't like, oh, let's have if, a true melting pot would have been the reverse of what they did in 1924, which they would have said, well, look, there's only 2%. We only want 2% of the people that there's already a whole lot of like English people here. So let's only have like a small percent and let's have like 80% of other people's come here. That would have been a fucking melting pot. No. We or also that. just not like slaughtering everyone and taking their land. You know? Oh yeah. There's a whole lot of, on, on the, in the one on history channel, um, their timeline of immigration laws also includes things like where we rounded up all the Indians and kicked them out mm-hmm. um, of their land. Yeah. So we just deported them. Yeah. It wasn't exactly a melting situation, more like a, We'll just cutting, kill you or surgical get out. cutting and removal thing, I would yeah. say, more than melting pot. But yeah. Hopefully we can fix that in the future. 
I don't know how, but let's work on it. Yeah, I hope by the time that I'm like retirement age two that the phrase uh, go back to where you came from is a dead phrase. Uh, because I can't tell you how many times I've heard that from just hearing it said to people in my life um, who were fucking born and raised here, but they don't, uh, they're not white. So they get told to go back to where yeah, they came I, from. Yeah, like, being, do you even know where you came from, you piece I'm of saying. shit? Like, like I it's actually, not a, easy to find out. A friend of mine just told me the other day that her and her husband had to go to the DMV to get their license renewed um, after their 25th birthday. And she went through the line just fine. And her birth certificate is not from this state. It's from another state. No problems whatsoever. Then her husband went through the same line. Um, also birth certificate from the U.S. but not from this state. Same address. Same documents to prove everything. I mean, exact everything exactly the same. Only basically the names are different, you know. And they held him up for a good 30-some minutes, she said. She's like, I swear to God, I never knew that this was a thing in america until i married someone who wasn't white mm -hmm. and now i see it all the time mm -hmm. and i'm just like that's fucking absurd mm -hmm. can't even fucking update your drivers like they just want to give you a hard time about everything she's like i, I would have never believed it until i saw it firsthand and i'm like that's fucking sad man but not shocking because of where we live but sad <laughs> yeah you know when i went to california a couple of years ago just real quick um it was when I got off the plane in um, San Francisco, or yeah, San Francisco, I was like looking around like something was weird and I didn't really know what. And then I just, it hit me like there was less white people than other people there. Isn't it so shocking to go there to an like, area that's so diverse and like yeah. it's not just, yeah. It was like crazy. And it was, you know, there was a lot of Asian people, um, people of all different ethnicities, but like, White people were definitely in the minority mm. in the airport. Well, I mean, especially in the airport, you get a lot of you know, international people. But it was like, wow, this is like so weird. I felt that way when we went to Italy when I was a kid because, uh, you know, a lot of the people over there have like the complexion. They have like that really uh, tan, like, you know, mm -hmm. like Mediterranean, olive yeah, olive complexion mm -hmm. or whatever. And I was just like holy shit like this is crazy like no one here looks like me i'd be feeling really white right now <laughs> yeah it was crazy i'm like can i see through my skin this is wild like i feel like an outcast and i'm like i don't know it was the first experience for me like looking around at a whole group of people and i yeah. felt like the outcast new mexico like, was like that when we went to new mexico with your brother when your your dad and i took see when i went there. it wasn't like that because it's all full of white hipsters now so oh yeah, yeah, no, it was it and was very moms. much it was very much a brown community when I went there and like we were at the be like the Jewel Osco and uh you know in line and this guy's like straight staring at your dad, like staring at him, staring at him, staring at him and he's like, Are you from Europe? <laughs> <laughs> and we both like laughed because we were like, Europe? Like that's weird question like you could say with somebody you're it's not like, from around here but we're from like, the east coast are you from europe but he was he's that white yeah. and like jovi was like shing like uh -huh. super white and me and bill were like dark like, skin you guys have the sun where you're from <laughs> <laughs> no we have to stay inside nine months a year because it's freezing outside <laughs> we're vampires but no they were like so white they stood out in new mexico that was <laughs> that's crazy well anyway we ran over a little bit so we'll wrap it up here um that's all i got is that all you got, Mick? That's all I got, man. All right. Well, then this is Juke signing off. This is Mick signing off.